Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Oh, Matthew, g'day to you and g'day to Australia and in fact the world via the World Wide Web and today we've got an absolute cracker for you folks. Uh, he's a crow eater through and through and he's part, just as much a part of Australian football folklore as names like Barassi and Witten and Kennedy Skilton. He's right up there with the most recognisable name in the game. And uh, in the VFL and AFL and Sandful and Waffle, thousands of men have played the game at the highest level. Some play and move on. Others have more of an impact. And then there's the select few who will remain with their legacy as long as the game is played. They make a lasting impression that will indelibly be recorded in the history of the game forever. And today's guest is one such man. 274 senior matches for Westies, South Adelaide and the Bay at Glenelg. Two Sandful Premiership Captain Coach Awards for the West Adelaide and South Adelaide Football Clubs. Two Sandful Premierships as Just Coach and that was one for West Adelaide and one for Glenelg. Five club best in Ferris, six South Australian captain, uh, and AFL and South Australian Football Hall of Fame. Neil Knuckles Curley, this is your football life. Hey, Rex, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I must have worn you out. Could you believe as a young kid growing up in South Australia that you would get an introduction like that uh, a lot of years down the track? Well, uh, that, that's a bit over the top, Rex, but thank you very much for saying those beautiful things about me. Well, they're true, and uh, we first met in 1979 when Harry Brightsell said, this is Knuckles' brother, and a young bloke with hair was just starting on his broadcasting career, and that Carlton and Collingwood grand final was a ripper. But you go back a long, long way. You were born in 1934. What's your first memories as a young kid in South Australia about uh, your love of footy? Tell us your early years as a kid. Well, we used to muck around the back in the school, of course. A uh, little, little school I went to, a place called Loveday. Nobody's ever heard of. Uh, and then, of course, started senior cults with a uh, place called Barmara. Uh, it was under 18s, and I was... 14 years of age, trying to get a, trying to get a game. Uh, I used to ride my bike in five mile, and then after training, ride back in the dark with no lights. But that didn't matter. And finally, got a game when I was 14, 15 years of age, and uh, played in a senior Colts premiership that year. Yeah. And of course, that uh, next year, of course, I turned 16, got myself a motorbike. Uh, we'd lost a dad when I was 11. And I said to Mum, with our six kids, Mum, I'm heading off. 
said, where are you going? I said, I don't know. <laughs> got on my motorbike and headed north. Yeah. And finished up on uh, sheep and cattle stations and truck driving for two years without playing football at all. Really? Yeah. Missed, missed the years of 16 and 17. Came back to do national service at 18 at a place called Woodside in Adelaide, just out of Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, played a few, played a game with West Adelaide. I'd never trained with them. They came up and invited me down to play. Uh, I didn't know them at all. And then I played, season ended, met a big bloke at National Service called John Holness, who lived at Woomera. Yeah. And um, he took me up there, and we went to a place called Cooley Milka. Oh, yeah. Uh, a tent city, way up where they fired the rockets. And uh, they had a team the year before who hadn't won a game. So came three weeks before the opening game. They decided to elect a, a president, a secretary, treasurer, and they needed a captain and coach. Mm. And I had to kick the ball with the fellows behind the tents after, the, after work, and I could do a little bit. What age and were then, you then? I was 18. Goodness me, and they wanted you for captain coach. Well, this bloke with a hat on, nominated me. He said, that, that young kid there, I don't know his name, but I've been watching him kick the ball behind the tents. He knows yeah. what he's doing. Well, I'll nominate him. And I said, hey, woo, woo, woo. I've never, <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. Seconded, so I'm coach. Okay. Three Christ. weeks before the Christ first game. Me. So they put the grader over the oval, took the big stones off, mm. left the little ones there. And uh, we had 15 players for the first game. No, no jumpers. Yeah. We played in shirts and singlets. Two of us had boots, <laughs> and we lost the first five games. And then <laughs> we got a couple of newies came into the place who could play a bit. Yeah. And we started to win. And you wouldn't believe it. We won the premiership in Goodness 1953. Me. Isn't that amazing? And when you say you know you lost the first five and then you won for we our won, young, one won or the next, one yeah, the next. Just, just absolutely amazing <laughs> the amount of the game that's played above the shoulders and, and that is self-belief in yourself but also in your teammate. It hasn't changed anything to, to, to this day, uh, Neil. Well, that's right because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to tell them. So I just said, follow me. Yeah. You know, do what I do. Try and do what I do. And, of course, I'd already played one league game so I could play. I think I they, they awarded me the male medal. Yes. I think the runner-up was 14 votes behind me. Really? So that, that was a clear, clear win. Uh, then I went to Wyala, uh, two years as captain coach. Uh, that's where Barry Robin came from. Oh, wow. And Graham Corns. Yeah. Um, and won two premierships there. Married, met Barb, married Barb, and moved to Adelaide the following year. Goodness me, did you always, and we're talking to Neil Knuckles Curley, a legend of Australian football, and make no mistake about that, he doesn't like me saying that, but I'm telling you, and this is your football life with the kindest regards of Tobin Brothers celebrating life. We're celebrating the footy life of Knuckles. A, a question you won't like, did you always think as a kid that you had above average ability, or was it more your de determination like a Barassi? Uh, did you have good skills as a kid? Yes, I... I was fortunate, uh, I went to Ross Trevor College, a Catholic college, and a man called, or a person called Brother Gurr was our under-13s coach, and mm -hmm. he was fantastic. Yeah. He really was, and taught me a lot about the skills of the game, and because they don't worry about, you know, being aggressive and that type of stuff, he concentrated on the skills. So, 
yeah, I was both sides of my leg, both sides of my hands. I had a pretty good brain, had good reflexes. Yeah. And, of course, I didn't mind getting a bump or two. No, and uh, that was your trademark. Uh, tell us about uh, going back uh, to Westies or going to Westies in 56, the year of the Olympics. Uh, you played in four consecutive grand finals, but Foss Williams and the Port Adelaide side had uh, no intention of letting you win the flag in those particular years. But four consecutive grand finals, my goodness me. Yeah, that's that's true. That's exactly. And a couple of games, I only lost by a couple of points. Yeah. Uh, but under Jack Ody, we, we just couldn't... We just couldn't get over the line on grand final day. Yeah. And then, of course, came 1960, I was appointed captain. And then in 1961, I was appointed captain coach of West yeah. Adelaide. How, how difficult was it, Neil Curley, in being a captain coach? You know, you go back to your early years when they said to you, you know, in your first club, you know, he looks all right. You said, I don't know the first thing about it. You're recognised <laughs> as one of the master captain coaches and coaches. And, you know, you got E.J. Witten. I think the last bloke might have been Malcolm Blight. But back then you could to, you could do both jobs, that you were a fair player and also you could coach other kids who were struggling a bit. Yeah, well, of course, see, I had the three years previous in the bush as captain coach, and that, that helped a hell of yep, a lot. Yeah, And uh, I didn't... I loved it. I loved the challenge both as a player and as a tactician. There weren't too many tactics in those days. It was get the bloody ball and kick it as far as you can. Yeah. Normally. Yeah. Um, but I adjusted to it. Um, yeah, not easily, but I handled it okay. Yeah. And of course, came the '61 Grand Final in 35 degree heat, oh. and drinking water was taboo. Oh. Medically taboo to drink water during the course of the game. Yeah. So you can just imagine how stuff we were at the end of the game. Isn't it amazing, amazing now where I think I went to the, one of the airports in the last couple of weeks, it's $5.20 for <laughs> half a litre of uh, pure water when we used to drink it out of the tap and uh, swallow yep, a yep. red back or a funnel web or something like that. <laughs> I can remember first going in the late 60s uh, to Punt Road with Graham Bond and Tommy said, if you don't train properly, Tommy Avey said, you won't get a drink of water and now they'd throw you in jail for that, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. We're talking about course, water. We're not talking about beer or soft drink. We're talking about water, $5.20 a bottle. That, that's right. And this, this amuses me today with the players <laughs> playing today. They run out to do their little warm-up, and they call for a drink. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe it. Anyhow, uh, so we won that one in 61. Yeah. And 62, uh, we lost that one by two points Yeah. Uh, to Port. Uh, I had to test two players. In the morning of the game, they both failed fitness. Both all Australians. Yes. One was Ken Eustace, and the other was Donald Roach, who went over and played with Hawthorne. Oh, so names, those yeah. two players were missing on the grand final day. Now, that was a big decision, but you were disciplined enough to know that you just can't take blokes, exactly. you know, 95% into a game that means that there's the odd bloke who can do it, but. Uh, you know, we've had Francis Burke break Mick Malthouse's shoulder before the 82 grand final. It must have been difficult, although you were in charge. Yeah, look, it, it was because they were both very good friends of mine. And, yes. You know, good mates of mine in those days, and I loved them both. And I'd, I I, lo- I would have loved to have played them. Yeah. But I just said to my brother, I said, look, fellas, I can't afford to lose you in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, if that happens, that could be, anyhow, we didn't win that, we lost it. Yeah, you're sounding well, you're sounding in a good place, you know, for your age, you're amazing. Uh, 
how how are you spending your time now? You know, I've been told by a lot of people, and it's come to fruition, Knuckles, you know, that the most important uh, organ in your body to exercise is your brain. You've obviously got plenty to do, and you're as sharp as a tack still. I'm a bit fortunate that way, but I'm not too keen with this sponsor of ours. What's his name of yours? Tobin Brothers, mate. We can get you the best <laughs> prepaid funeral, mate. You can pay uh, pay the money now, and if you die next week, mate, you get the full value. Otherwise, it's a good investment for your family. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I believe they're a very good firm, so they bury me, bury me well. They were um, well. I can remember 3AW when I used to be on 5AA. I used to call the ABC the Tobin Brothers, and when they came and said, oh, the Tobin Brothers want to pick this, uh, this is your footy life up, I thought, 3LO. Godness me, they can't be coming and asking me for a job. <laughs> uh, uh, well, today I, I live on the River Murray, as yep. you're well aware. Yep. And there's plenty to do up there. I love fishing. I do, I'd fish four or five times a week. Wow. Uh, I love shooting a bunny. Yeah. I love shooting a duck. Uh, I like going out cutting wood with a chainsaw and splitting stumps. Magnificent. Uh, and carting them in for, for fire. Yeah. And uh, just general work around the place. There's always... There's always something to do. Yeah. I watch. I watch my footy. Yeah. I watched six games of AFL last weekend. Wow. Uh, I just. I just love football. Well, we're going to get onto that after the break, and uh, what do you think of the modern game, and, uh, and a couple of things that change the whole uh, atmosphere, particularly when South Australia beat Victoria in that unbelievable historical game. Uh, let's get back to your national service. There's a lot of people listening to this show, Neil, that not only love footy but they like uh, facets of life. You were in 1952. I went in in 1968, you know, with blokes, blokes like Sheedy and Dittrich and Noonan and, and, and these sort of blokes, uh, you know, Barry Round. Uh, I saw no hopers come to national service and turn out to be reasonable citizens, and many of them had a career in the Army. Did you see the same thing in the 1950s? Well, the big thing, the, there was a lot of country people in my uh, country, mainly from Broken Hill. Yeah. In my group, uh, or at the the whole situation, and the discipline the army boys put on them, and I tell you what, it, it turned the corner for a lot of those players, a lot yeah. of those yeah. uh, people, uh, those youngsters, and I, I think what the army influence had on them took them through the rest of their life. I think it was a great learning curve. Yeah, some of the do-gooders say, "Oh, you can't do that," but. Uh you know, well, like, these people aren't on, outside the fart sack until midday and looking for a handout and why the world won't dedicate itself to making them happy. It didn't do you any harm, did it? No, it didn't, but I did snap about two days before we were due to leave. I snapped with this uh, English warrant officer bloke. I didn't like him at all. Mm. He was always picking me. Yeah. So I donged him. Did you? I donged him, and uh, I spent the next two days in the jail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the... the <laughs> The army jail, not the not the civilian jail. Yeah. The army jail. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Go on. What what we might do is take a break and come back to that day in 1963 at the MCG oh, when it was a famous South much. Australian victory. So you can have a think about that, and uh, we'll remind you again, Knuckles. This is for Tobin Brothers who are celebrating lives. <laughs> and realise, take your break and join us after the break. You're listening to Neil Knuckles Curley on This Is Your Football Life. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Uh, Matthew, it's a, it's a lovely thrill for me to be interviewing Neil Knuckles Curley today. Mr. Football of South Australia used to call uh, Teddy Witt and Mrs. Football and Barras was around there, but they were the three biggest names as a kid I can remember growing up. 
And uh, Knuckles, uh, at that particular stage in uh, the early 60s, Victoria used all your blokes against you. And all of a sudden in 1963, an historical moment that will take its place in the history of the game forever happened at the MCG. Take us back to that day in 1963, please. Well, up until 1963, Foss Williams, our coach for the last few years, did not have a voice on selection. So selection was left to some of the guys that had played the game, a couple hadn't. But in 1963, Foss Williams finally got on the selection panel to pick the state side. And he knew the type of player that was required to play the Vicks. The Vicks were too good for us up until that point. They were stronger, fitter, better equipped, more skillful and tough. Anyhow, I said to Foss after our big defeat a few years before, I said, we've got to match these fellas. I said, we've got to get stronger and better and, and, and quicker. And I said, we worked at it. And along came 63. Um, Harry Beitzel did a panel on Friday night, which I was invited to go to. There was uh, Jack Dyer and Lou Richards on it. And Harry said to me on TV, we didn't have a TV over here then. He said, what do you think of your chances? I said, pretty good. I said, we've got a pretty good side, Harry. We've worked hard. Mm. I think we're ready to take your boys on. Yeah. He turned to Jack Dyer. I said, if you were coach of the Victorian side, Jack, what would you do? If I was coach of the Victorian side, I'd give him a pep talk and go to the races. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. <laughs> no. And he said, what do you think of that, Curly? <laughs> I said, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Yeah. I said, uh, so I've gone back to our... Uh, I think we're playing the St. George down. Well, you yeah, wouldn't have used that pub. statement from old Captain Blood, not much. <laughs> yeah, and so <laughs> I said to the boys, you boys watch that TV show? Yeah. What do you think of that? Can't say what I <laughs> called him. I said, we'll, we'll show these guys tomorrow. Yeah. Well, as luck happened, the opening bounce, I think the Victorian Sam Ann was a bloke the name of Alice the Lord. Yeah. Who was awarded the Brownlow the year before. The ball bounced beautifully up in the air. Alistair came from his side, I came from my side. Remember, I was a physical labourer, truck driver, yeah. in the gym virtually all day lifting things. Mm. He sort of bounced off me a bit and went on the ground. He was not too good. And the Vic boys came in and, well, like little blowflies they were, yeah. trying to do things. And we kicked three goals in seven minutes. <laughs> and uh, the Vic boys gradually wore us down, gradually wore us down, you know, because they're a they had open selection that year too. Yes. Not two from one side and one from the other. Open selection. And how, with about eight minutes to go, we're trailing by about two points. Then Lindsay Head kicked two goals in the last almost seven minutes. And I think we won by seven points, roughly. So yes. that was one of my best, or most individual games I've, I've ever enjoyed. It was just Amazing. And in fantastic. that particular game, for, for the sake of our younger people who can't remember it, were there South Australian people actually playing against you on that day? No. There was... I don't think there was one South Australian uh, in the Victorian side. No, I don't think there was, because it was extremely difficult. But you couldn't get an open clearance in those yes. days. A stand out of football 12 months. Yeah. So I think we were on our own. 
but we you know, we picked the right people yeah. in the right places. Uh, and later on, you know, Victoria had Western Australian and South Australian Tasmanian people and blew everyone to the Scheisenhausen, in my words. But the fact of the matter is that State of Origin soon fixed that up, and that was probably yes. a great time of the year. Remember those Tuesday nights yep. out at Footy Park and the yep. ratings went through the roof? Weren't they an exciting <laughs> time for Australian footy? Well, we I remember... Yeah, they closed the gates. They yeah. cut the gates at Footy Park because oh. it was full. Yeah, they were they were great games for us and also for the game of football itself. Yeah, I can remember you know Stephen Kernahan being an absolute oh. star for South Australia and the likes of Lockett and Dunstall and Ablett playing for Victoria. They, oh, they, yeah. they were a great time of the year. Uh, what, what's your early memories of of Adelaide joining? Uh, the the Australian Football League and the competition today. It was just so important that South Australia came in, wasn't it? It was. Well, people wouldn't know this, but I was appointed uh, with Bob Hammond to select the best players to stop them going from Victoria. Yes. And then, of course, I was made football manager for the first year in 1961. Yeah. Uh, but that, that opening game in 91 against Hawthorne was a, just a dream come true um, when we when we beat Hawthorne. It was, yeah. They I were the reigning the, premiers, by the way. Oh, it was, I remember walking into the change room yeah. after the game and this Victorian media black guy said, what do you think of that? I said, a gift from God. <laughs> and it was a gift from God too. We, we had all the luck in the world. Well, I can remember the late and great David Hooks running up to the 3RW commentary position and saying to Barassi, where do we line up for finals tickets? A cheeky little... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, actually, as you know, our captain got knocked out about yeah. 10 minutes in the last quarter by yeah. Barrett and a fellow by the name of Dare. <laughs> and um, how do you carry it off? He didn't know. And Monday morning, the phone rang and it was a fellow by the name of Hook from yes. Hawthorne. yeah. And he said, you know the situation? He said, uh, we wonder if you could give us some help maybe in trying to get the boys off. Yeah. I said, say that again, please. Yes. Which he repeated. And I cannot tell you what I said, but you've <laughs> got to be and joking, pal. Get, get off the bloody phone. <laughs> Did you ever find it difficult in uh, the electronic medium in which you worked uh, for so many years on radio and television of giving blokes a serve? Did you feel that, you know, that you, you'd never held back? You know, I, I look at Robert Walls and Lee Matthews as probably the most good example I can give you. And Matthew Lloyd today, for no fear or favour, because, hey, I've been there and done that. This is only exactly. an opinion. Did you ever hold off at any stage, did you think? Or you thought, no, this bloke deserves my opinion and it's uh, he's not going to like it? I don't think you're doing, doing your job correctly Yeah. if you don't say what you see. Yeah. And uh, I never, I never, ever worried one cent about that. I couldn't have given stuff. If they didn't like it, yes. they could sack me, do whatever they like. But no, I, I gave what I saw. Yeah. And that's, that's the truth, and that's what I stuck by all my life. How good was uh, Robran? I, no. I, I knew, I knew no. that e e Ebert came with Cornsey at the end of the North Melbourne era with Barassi in the late yep. 70s. But yep. Everyone I speak to says, "Don't worry about this. We know it's a, you know, a, a hypothetical thing. Oh, he didn't play that, but he was just a natural." Uh, and I've heard that from you many times. It's a pity that it's just a shame that Barry didn't go to Melbourne. Yeah. Just for one year, maybe. Uh, no, he he was right up there with your very very best. Yes. Um, he was just a, ma a magician. Six foot three, could play like a rover or midfielder nowadays they call him. Um, oh, he, just, he just dominated the game over here. 
he, he was just a, a class act and uh, he was the most humble and uh, beautiful man I've ever met in my life. Isn't that great? You must uh, just uh, shake your head in wonderment like I do myself and say, have a look at the national competition. And again this year, uh, in this season, 2016, on one particular weekend, Neil Curley, there'll be a game of Australian football in every state and territory of Australia. And next year, we're off to China. Goodness <laughs> gracious me, if they'd have said that, you'd have scratched your hair off your head like I did mine. I just can't understand how a little little state called, you're right, but I just can't understand how a little state like South Australia can beat the teams in Victoria for this type of this type of thing in China. It's I think it's a breath of fresh air with the new administration and Koshi over there. Yeah, A time yep. together is up and I wanted to get you on not only just to have a chat, and I'm sure everyone's enjoyed it around Australia and in fact the world via the internet, what about the internet, but... I wanted to pay tribute to you because I know when the game's history is written, you'll sit uh, very, very nicely alongside legends like Skilton and Whitten Witten and Brassy in Victoria and Farmer and Cable across the Nullarbor and all the rest of them have played it. And Neil Curley, today it's been a pleasure to talk to you on This Is Your Football Life. Thank you very much, Rex. Folks, 80 years ago, the Tobin Brothers Funerals was founded by brothers Leo, Fonts, Thomas and Kevin. The first Tobin Brothers branch opened in North Melbourne and these days is home to their head office and chapel. Today, Tobin Brothers Funerals is still owned by the Tobin family. It's a trusted household name with 22 locations and over 190 trained professionals. Find out more at tobinbrothers.com.au. Now, folks, if you'd like to hear more of uh, this interview with Neil Knuckles Curley. You can check us out on Twitter at Rex Football Life. And folks, This Is Your Football Life is kindly brought to you with the regards of Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.